Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater, and this is a fantastic day because I've got my friend Judy back with me, and for a while she was feeling really rough and it was hard to find a moment when she just felt good enough to come and do a podcast with me again and so I'm just tickled pink that she's back in my home and we're sitting here doing this podcast talking about something that recently happened and I am over the moon excited for her in this cancer journey when you get to the end of your chemo you get to ring the bell, and Judy got to ring the bell, and I want to hear about that. And I want you to be totally honest, Judy, about you know your anticipation of it, and and then the reality of it. I would love to hear your thoughts. Hi, Luann. Thanks for including me in this conversation. I'll have to say I had mixed emotions going to the hospital the other day when I knew. I figured they were gonna ask me to ring the bell. And it was a little odd for me because I get four hours of chemo on a day and then I wear a pump for two days at home and I go back and they just take the pump off and you leave. And so I didn't know if they were gonna ask to ring the bell the day I had the four hour infusion or the day they took the pump off. And they ended up doing it the day they took the pump off. And how do you explain it? I was nervous. I don't like being the center of attention. Especially, I guess I have this thing about being the center of attention as a cancer patient. It's, I don't know if that makes sense or not. But anyway, so they, they, they were very efficient that day, more efficient than normal, and they got that pump off me really quickly. And they, I've been there when the bell has rung, and everybody gets all excited and cheers from wherever you are that you can hear it. And I know it takes them a while usually to gather up nurses and everything else. Well, they were all waiting. They must not have had a busy day. So they were all waiting by the, by the bell. And... It was exciting, a little cathartic, and a little scary because for almost a year I've been a cancer patient undergoing treatment and now I don't know where to classify myself. I can't say I'm cancer-free, because we never know. I mean, actually, nobody could say that, probably. And But now I'm a cancer, I'll call it a cancer survivor for now, undergoing monitoring, which will be like every six weeks for different things, for two years, and then they spread it out a little bit more. And... So when you're not doing anything to stop the cancer, you have to convince yourself that it really is gone. Mm -hmm. And I haven't quite gotten there yet. 
But I, I rang the bell, you know, and I found myself laughing, and they took a couple of pictures that were terrible. And, you know, everybody was cheering, and it was, it was nice. It was very nice to be acknowledged with that. And then it's a short walk from there to the elevator. And we went to the elevator, and Dave, was, my husband, was all excited, and, and, and I was kind of quiet. And by the time we got inside the elevator, the tears started. I don't know whether it was relief or what it was. I haven't cried in over a year, you know, and I, I've been bottling everything up. I probably could do with a good cry. But I held, then I held that back, you know, and, and it, I told him the only other time I felt that way was when I was discharged after my surgery, when I was waiting for the valet car to pull up. I'm standing outside there, and the tears just kind of started, you know, but I, then I stuffed them back down. It's got to be happiness, relief, fear, all of it, all in one. But they do their best to make it a celebration, and I'm trying to remember that, you know, and not think about other things, which I'm still kind of struggling with. Yeah, so that, that was, was that for now. I, I, I just don't understand, I guess I don't understand why I couldn't just flip the switch and go from being a cancer patient to just go back to my old life. That's what I would love to do. But I'm going to get there. I think it's just going to take a transition time. Well, I love the way you ended that. I'm going to get there. I think that's the key. We've got to keep looking out ahead of where we are right now. It's interesting to hear all the emotions. And it is an emotional roller coaster, this whole ride. And so many people have come to me and said, well, I'm a survivor and you'll get through this. And it's been five years for me, or it's been 10 years for me. And so that gives me hope that there is light at the end of this crazy tunnel we're in right now. But one of the things that has been brought to my mind lately is, I don't know if you have ever heard her name, Corey Tenboom. She was living in Germany during World War II. And she and her father and sister were watchmakers. And they hid a lot of the Jewish people to try to save them. And they were caught and sent to a concentration camp. And she was the only one of her family that survived. So when she came to America, she was alone and trying to figure things out. She was living at the Y. And then her time was up. You could only stay there for a certain amount of time. And her time was coming due. And she uh, went to the desk and they said, where do you want us to forward your mail? And she said, I don't know. (laughs) I don't have a home yet, but I know God's going to provide it for me. And they handed her her mail. And in that mail was a letter from a lady who heard her speak the week before on the concentration camp and how she just had the hope that God would see her through it. And when she opened the letter, it said, I would welcome you to come and stay in my son's room if you ever need a place to be. 
So she handed the address to the lady at the Y and said, God's provided a place. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's just that easy to say, okay, I don't have to figure this out. I have no idea what tomorrow's going to look like, but I know I can trust the man who is already there. And so for me, that gives me hope. And seeing you on this journey, and by the way, Judy had her hair done, and it looks fantastic. And, and you know, those are the little perks that we forget about really missing. On this journey, you, you can't do a lot of that. You can't get your hair colored and you uh, they don't want you to have nails done or any of that stuff and so Judy you how did it feel to go get that done I heard a big sigh (laughs) oh it felt wonderful it really did I felt so much better when I got home and looked in the mirror and saw that it was me again yeah because of the the chemo's action on your hair follicles they told me no no coloring your hair while you're in chemo and so after I finished the last one, I talked to one of the PAs and she said, if you want to go get your hair done, you go get your hair done. So, and, and my, you know, my, my stylist worked with me too, so it wouldn't affect the, like I won't have hair falling out and stuff like that. But it, yeah, so I had gray hair pretty much down to my ears after almost a year. So what a relief to, to, you know, just to get some normal color back. And part of me felt guilt, guilt, guilty, I guess I want to say, because I should just be grateful I have hair. And I, and I am. And I am. But I, my, my struggle right now is to feel normal. That's what I want to feel like. I don't want to feel like a cancer patient. I want to feel like Judy, just a normal person. Well, that is... Uh... That's a good word because we all want that, you know, and and it's amazing how it gets kind of stripped away from you. You're normal. One of my friends said, oh, normal's just a setting on your dryer, Luann. There's no such thing as normal. But, you know, we we have our normal routine of life. And when it gets shaken up, whether it's from cancer or losing a job or a move or whatever, it, it takes a minute to not be rocked by it. And then how do, I, how do I adjust to this new thing that I'm dealing with? And so even being off the drugs, like right now, I'm, you know, a third of the way through my chemo. And I didn't realize it was going to have an accumulative effect and so I was, I was feeling like, wow, I think I'm going to be okay on this. <laughs> and then whammo, you, you realize, okay, I don't have this all together and I have no idea what I'm going to even feel like moment by moment. It's so odd. And, and you almost feel like you have to apologize to people around you because, you know, I love my husband to death and he's just my biggest cheerleader as Dave is for you. But sometimes he just wants me to be okay. Hey, let's go be okay together. And I'm like, I don't feel okay though. (laughs) And he's wonderful about, you know, going, oh, okay, I didn't know. Because we are people that just try to hold it back, stuff the tears, not express how we really feel because we don't want to disappoint. 
people around us. But you know, Judy, have you learned that it's okay to just be what you need to be in the moment? Like, if you are not feeling it, it's okay to say that and to feel it. I, I mean, do you agree with that? Have you felt that? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's kind of hard for other people if, that aren't going through this to understand that, you know, my husband will come home from work or whatever and say, how are you feeling today? And I'll go, well, I'm okay now, but if you were here a couple hours ago, you know, X, Y, Z happened or whatever. It really is a moment by moment thing. You don't know what to expect, what and where. And again, caveat, every chemo is different. You know, I know people who go and they're fine. And then I've heard of people who've had it much, much worse than Luann and I. So it's different for everybody. But yeah, I do do feel that. And and I'm, I'm working on it. Problem is now a lot of people know about this. My, my disease and my neighbors and my friends and my, my relatives in Buffalo, New York. And all the people have heard the podcast. Yeah. And so I can't hide from it. You know, I can, I can pretend for a little while, but I can't hide from it. And I'm not sure whether or not I like... I don't want people to... Everybody is expressing love and caring and prayers and it's exactly what I want. But it's because I'm a cancer patient. You know what I mean? I have to get past feeling like a cancer patient, if that makes sense. Because I want to, I want to go back to normal with them also. I want them just not, not to, you know, invite me special because whatever, or cook something special because of me. You know, I want to just be me again. Wow, that is powerfully true. Because you do all of a sudden start feeling like, "Mm, I don't want to be the poster child for, you know, although I am, you know, this is where I am right now. It is what it is. But yeah, you want to feel like I'm just one of the gang. I'm just one of the people like I went to lunch the other day with some of our neighbor ladies. It felt so good. We didn't even talk about cancer. We just talked about, you know, what's going on in the neighborhood. And that's a great feeling when you can just do the things that you like to do and hang with the people you like to hang with. But I'll tell you what, I don't know how either one of us would have made it without the prayers of all the people that have lifted us up. I am eternally grateful. And there have been many, many then that I've had the opportunity to pray with that have gotten the news after me, just like I got my news after you. It's like a train, really. You know, we're all just kind of latching on to the the person ahead of us and saying, hey, do you have a word of hope? Do you have some positive thing I can cling to, a prayer or just a hug or a smile, something that can give me a reason to get up and take the shower and put on the clothes. (laughs) Because honestly, there are days when I just wanna go, I'm just gonna pull the covers over my head. But you know, another uh, quote, I I just, I'm in love with Corey Ten Boom's quotes because 
This lady lived a much worse endurance than I did, you know, and she says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it empties today of its strength. I want to keep that in the forefront of my mind because like you, Judy, all of a sudden, you know, you rang the bell, now what? And you get this kind of a worry about, okay, what's next? Or what is this? What's life supposed to look like now? And so what's your biggest concern? We won't call it a worry. We'll call it a concern. What's your biggest concern right now? My biggest concern right now is how long this surgery and chemo are going to be successful. Whether, of course, like any other cancer patient, is it going to show up somewhere else? And I mean, I've, I've heard crazy things like somebody makes it through colon cancer and two years later now they have breast cancer and they're not related, but here we go again, you know? And honestly, having been through the treatment once, at least a certain treatment, I would, that would be my hardest thing would be to have to go back for more chemo, you know? I mean, that would be my time to cry probably, you know? But yeah, that's my biggest worry, and I and I, I preface that by saying I've got I mean I've got grown kids; they're in their 30s and 40s. My son is fine. My daughter needs me when she has a disaster come, you know. And it's, don't laugh. I'm a dog and cat person. I've got a 14-year-old dog, so I was actually praying yesterday that I outlive the dog because she's so dependent on me. And I've got a young cat that thinks I'm her real, real mother. It's pathetic and it's adorable. And she only makes noises like little crying noises. And she's afraid of Dave. And he had told me once if something happened to me, he'd have to get rid of her. And that's a big fear for me. You know, like, I feel a responsibility. I know Dave will be fine. I, I know my son will be fine. My daughter eventually will be fine. And it sounds like my putting too much weight on these animals. But they, they need me. I'm at a point now where they, you know, I don't have little kids. I don't have little grandkids. But these two need me. So I, I promised the little kitten yesterday that I'm going to do everything I can to be there for her. I mean, and what can you do? You can, I think I'm going to start by eating healthy because that's what the, my oncologist always stressed from day one. Fruits, vegetables, proteins. Eat healthy, have good at. Remember the perky? This was a different doctor, but uh, have a good attitude, be positive live your life and I noticed today I feel better than yesterday because yesterday I had some chicken for dinner and I hadn't had protein in a couple of days and not intentionally it's just like well there was leftover pizza or whatever but there was no protein in sight you know and carbs I've got to cut back on and luckily my sweet tooth went away with, with all this change in diet. 
And, you know, you hear things like one of the nurses told me that sugar feeds cancer, and I've read that also. And it's not hard for me to give up the sweets and stuff. I, somehow I have to convince my husband, who does the grocery shopping, to stop trying to buy me sweet things. He thinks he's doing me a favor, you know. Maybe he's just trying to kill me off. I'm not quite sure. He could be, he could be tired of me, you know, so that could be it. But that's my fear, is, is, is living a decent life and, and making the best of it and for as long as I got. And I keep thinking five years. I want five years. So, and because you know what? For my cancer, you don't hear statistics about survival. You know, I mean, you hear 75% don't survive the first year. So already I'm blessed. Yes. But you don't hear, you know, like, and then 20%, you know, make it to 10 years or whatever. You really don't hear that. So I got to live every day. Yes. And you are doing a much better job of it than I am. Oh, I have my moments. Dwight will tell you I have my moments. But, you know, I... I have uh, the 10 grandkids and it just, it, it rolls around in my mind. Like, think about our life. Do you remember or ha- did you ever know anything about your grandparents' parents? Probably not. Not much. And I, I did know my grandmother's mother And she lived with us for a while when I was very small, when she broke her hip, and she was so dear to me. I loved her to pieces. But other than her, I don't really remember that much about people that came before me in my family, like that that age group, that generation. So when you think about life in that context, okay, 50 years from now, nobody's going to remember us. They're going to... You know, they're going to have their own lives. Somebody else is going to live in our homes. Somebody else is going to be auctioning off our things. And we will be a memory for a while with our kids and our grandkids, and then it's done. And that's going to happen to every single one of us. So what I'm trying to just squeeze out of that knowledge is make the most of now. Make the most of this day. I'm not, I'm just not going to worry about tomorrow. We have plans to go to Italy in the spring, and I am not changing those plans. You know, we'll see if it happens, but I'm going full speed ahead as if it's all going to be okay, because I want to make sure that I don't waste a day. And I mean that by... Some of the most impactful things that my great-grandmother did was just spend time with me and make me laugh. And I remember when she was repairing that hip that was broken and sitting in the rocker. Here I was, four years old, five years old. She would have me sit beside her in the chair and she'd say, Mom, me and this baby need a Pepsi. You know? <laughs> and I remember just feeling so special because she took the time to spend with me. And so that's what I want to make sure I spend the time. And I, I tell my kids and my grandkids, and, and Judy, there's nothing wrong with you being attached to your pets because you're a 
You're a loving woman, and God has given you those pets to give you purpose to keep going and to try and to fight. And that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Don't give up before your life is over. I mean, I, one of the saddest stories I remember is Florence Nightingale, who helped so many people, thought for sure that she was dying. And for 20 years, she thought she was dying. And so she just lived as if it was already over. Well, I don't want to do that. And you don't want to do that. And I want to tell you right now, whatever it is, I have a, a, a cousin whose son is struggling so much right now with just feeling hopeless. And, and there are so many reasons to find hope and create the life that you want to live. You have that ability. If you don't like what's happening in your life, change it because nobody's going to do it for you. Do the things that matter. Do the things with the people you love so that someday they will say, wow, I remember them. And just so that you can milk out every single ounce of joy that this life has to offer. And Judy, you bring me joy. You bring me joy just by showing up and being here with me. I want to do the things with you that we need to do. We need to walk every day. We need to be eating the good stuff. And we've helped each other on that road. So what would you say to somebody right now who is looking forward to ringing that bell and how that, that emotion might be different than what they're anticipating it will be? What can you tell them to be ready for? That's kind of a tough one. Be ready for anything. I, like I said, when, when I walked over there and, and I was just waiting for a second... I was embarrassed at the attention. Didn't think much, like I wasn't jumping around thinking, oh boy, I get to ring the bell today. But yet, I still felt a sense of accomplishment. So I think if nothing else, to, to feel that accomplishment, to feel that a part of your journey has successfully finished. And if you, want, if you feel like jumping up and down or you feel like crying or whatever you feel like, do it. Don't stuff it down because you don't even know what you're experiencing. You know, like you said, live every moment and make the best of every moment. I mean, I have, like I said, nice pictures with me smiling, you know, because I can fake it, you know. <laughs> yeah, expect anything. And, and hopefully for the majority of people, it's cathartic. It's like... You know, I did it, yay me, you know, yay my spouse or whoever got me through this, and thank God for helping me survive this and all this, the crazy side effects, and for the doctors, for the doctors who came up with these formulas and these drugs and their diligence in making sure you, you got the best treatment possible. So expect the most and feel it. Don't stuff it down. Feel it. Okay, so that is the word of the day. Just feel it and grab the moment of every single minute that you have on this earth and enjoy your life. Because none of us know how long we have, 
right? So right now, I just want to end this in prayer and thanksgiving for my friend and what she's been through. I've watched her, and she has been just a, uh, a great model for me. God, thank you for Judy, and thank you for her witness of how she has leaned on you, and she's so transparent and honest with how she feels. And Lord, I pray that you will give her continued success and that every day her body would start feeling a little bit more normal. And Lord, for anyone who's on this journey with us or a different journey, maybe it's a, another circumstance that has nothing to do with cancer, but they need hope for the future, I pray that you would give them purpose and a reason to get up and keep going. Because, God, you gave us this life to live fully and abundantly. And we give you thanks for that. And, Lord, we will always share how you make a difference in this world through us. And we thank you for trusting us with that. So will you be the one and only who takes us to the end of this journey with hope? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.